Hi podcast listeners, Tim here without Danny this time with a special Skype edition of the UK Scriptwriters podcast. I won't say any, anything more about it now, there's no point. He's going to tell us in his own words in a minute when I dial him up. Uh, just a quick plug from me on behalf of myself and Danny, which is that we've got our debut feature coming out very, very soon now. Uh, who Killed Nelson Nutmeg? Find out more at nelsonnutmeg.com. We're going to be starting a Kickstarter really soon for that. Uh, certainly be about a, a week's time from um, when this podcast goes live. So really hope that um, you'll be able to be a part of that. We think you'll love this film as much as we do. You know, it's a kid's film. It's fun. It's crazy. Uh, you know, it's in the spirit of uh, low-budget filmmaking in, in all the best ways. So uh, check it out if, if you can and spread the word. OK, I'm going to dial up uh, Jesse now and um, then probably pop back at the end for a thank you. OK, so, uh, yeah, today, listeners on the uh, on the podcast, we've got a, a, a special guest, Jesse, from the Wild... Uh, what was it called? Wild Seed? Wild Seed Studios, Tim. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and you guys, uh, I've seen you online doing stuff for, it seems like, a couple of years now. Is it that long? It's actually, well, yes. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, actually. You know, we've been going about a year in the public eye now, but um, about okay. a year and a half under the radar and about a year in public, so... Okay, I think I might have even seen you just as it was uh, starting out. Yeah, you probably did, actually. Cause, cause yeah, that's right. It, it seemed very exciting, and... Um, <laughs> And um, uh, the reason that we wanted to, to, to get you on is that I had a, a good um, bit of feedback from yourselves because you might you might not remember directly, but uh, back in those early days, I put in a in a proposal, in fact, and, okay. which you didn't take up, but you gave some excellent reasons why, and it yeah. was like a proper industry logical response about why you felt the idea like couldn't couldn't take off at the level that you know you guys could do it and I right. thought well that's a proper bit of feedback with someone that knows what they're talking about and has thought about it but likes the idea so yeah. I thought well yeah. these guys are people to keep in touch with because they know what they know what they're doing well, um, we do read we do read everything we get sent and we do give individual feedback to everybody so right. that is one of the commitments we've made is that there will be no sort of standard form rejection letters from Wild Seed Studios and that's a big thumbs up straight straight away for for people I, I can assure you of that because our big um, a big portion of our mailbag that comes in every month is from people asking us to almost read between the lines of these yeah. know, standard letters and they're kind of a little bit not upset about it but bemused by what it means or, or, or whatever and of course we can't offer any insight well, I, to that I mean it's interesting isn't it because I mean I think the problem is is that if you're in a in a job where you're sort of, you know, taking on people's ideas or not, you know, I mean, and let's say you're taking on, I don't know, like one in 50 ideas you get sent, for example, you know, by definition, one person thinks you're a genius and 49 <laughs> people think you're an idiot. Right? So, That's right. Well, so it doesn't matter how polite they are, deep down, they think that you're, you know, you're a tasteless fool. So That's right. you, might, That's right. you might as well do your best to well, at least it, explain you no, know, that, why you've made such a crap decision. I know, and, I, and that, was the, that was what I liked about the feedback I got, I got, which was that it wasn't about taste, it was about practicalities, and I could sort of live with that if you see what I'm saying yes. and, and, and understand it but let's yeah. backtrack then back to 
we jumped a little bit ahead there. Let's backtrack yeah. now. What what is Wild Seed all, all, all about? What what's it set up to set up to do? What's yeah. your kind of your self imposed remit, if you like? Sure, got it. Okay, well, um, okay. So basically, what I mean, I used to work at the BBC in a sort of reasonably senior editorial position, and my business partner, who I started the company with, Miles Below, used to be the head of broadcast at Ardman, and before that, run and ran a big production comedy production company called Absolutely, and we both um, in those various jobs and working with those various big sort of media organizations observed, you know, two things really. Uh, one was that, you know, as a, as a creator now, you've kind of never had it so easy in one way because, you know, you buy a camera and a laptop and you're a production company, you plug it into YouTube and you're a broadcaster, you know, happy days. So on the one level, you've never had it so easy, but and it's quite a big part, we think. You know, on the other hand, all the things that existed when I went into telly all those years ago, uh, you know, like training and mentorship and the right to fail and courage, God forbid, <laughs> you know, are all, frankly, in retreat because as a piece of technology and a content distribution system, as we all know, you know, broadcast television is under increasing pressure not just because lots and lots of the audience are disappearing onto other platforms like YouTube, but also because there are more and more and more television channels. So that just means that if you're a broadcaster now, you are very, very understandably nervous about alienating, you know, a quarter of a percent of your available audience. Mm. So, 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 so as a, from the creator's point of view, you know, you, you, you've never had it so easy, you know, and you can do it for yourself. But how do you get brilliant and how do you get out of your bedroom? Um, so so we so 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 that you know, so that that is a kind of contradictory situation for creators. And you know, meanwhile I think big media organizations, you know, and, and I observed this firsthand and I think you can see it when you you know, when you go around when you walk around a, a broadcaster, you know, big media organizations, the age profile of those organizations is getting older and older, you know. And um and I think the reason for that is is that whereas, you know, 20 years ago, you thought, okay, I'll work as an unpaid intern for six months because that's the only way to do this. Whereas now, I think, you know, you go to that production company or that broadcaster and they say to you, well, you know, we'd love to, for you to come and make coffee for nothing for six months and learn the ropes. And you think, well, yeah, but in that six months earning nothing, I could also be making a film. Of my of my own over which I have complete control and really which one's going to move me forward you know more significantly so so there's a problem at both ends basically there's a problem for creators trying to get access to you know the mentorship they need and the and the and the support they need and there's a problem for large media organizations connecting with those creators and enabling them in a way that that is meaningful and is and attractive you know so um I'll take a breath in a minute I promise um, <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, to cut a very long story short what we thought okay we thought there's a real opportunity then to create a company or create a, a, a mechanism that can sit between you know as it were the creative the emerging creative community and and large media organizations and provide creators with the three things we think they need which is uh, creative mentorship uh, you know how do you tell better stories and create better characters and you know surprise people more or make them laugh more or whatever it is you're trying to do more effectively um, so creative mentorship strategic advice about how do you take your idea you know your idea your little animations about a cat how do you turn that into a brand that's actually gonna you know keep pay your mortgage and 
you know, turn into a, a career rather than a hobby. Um, and finally, the money, you know. So, so I'm, you know, my background, as I said, is as a creative executive for various companies. I've worked in feature films. I've worked in kids television. I've worked in comedy. I've worked in sort of digital media and, and the theatre a long time ago. Um, and uh, Miles has obviously created brands like Trigger Happy TV and Sean the Sheep and Armstrong and Miller and you know so he knows about taking concepts and turning them into profitable awful word franchises um, and we raised some money and what we're doing with our money is investing 50 five zero amounts of £10,000 into piloting new ideas directly with creators um, and for the 25 of those original 50 that we can see have engaged an audience, and I don't think that just means millions upon millions of views. I think that's, you know, that's comments, that's watch time, that's all the other metrics that you can now rather amazingly, you know, extract from from viewing patterns. Um, we'll get a further investment of 25 grand, and for the five that really look like they might go, we're going to put 100 grand in. Um, and obviously, as, as a business, we're trying to find a hit. Um, but from the point of view of the creators, we are, I suppose, a seed. We're sort of, I mean, sometimes we're called an IP incubator. Sometimes in Tech City in the east of London, we're called an ideas accelerator. Um, but basically, we are taking people's entertainment ideas and trying to turn them into things that, that get traction with audiences and are, and are therefore, you know, credible opportunities to to create something bigger and where's that original that's certainly talking about quite a lot of money there when you add it all up yeah um because 10 grand's nothing to sniff at anyway you know just, no, and, just for one, and you've got 50 of those and then the further schemes where's that original money that you're you're handing out uh, come from is it from entrepreneurs and those kind of people or yeah, have you got deals I mean, with broadcasters yeah. or how's it well work? it's from a few i mean obviously i won't kind of go into too much detail just because you know but yes i mean we've we've got people you know who have made money in the media business uh, and are now looking at opportunities but looking at traditional production companies and tradition traditional models and thinking mm, that just doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like where it's all heading so maybe that's not the place to be putting the money you know and then we've also attracted some money from a uh from the welsh uh, the welsh broadcaster s4c has a commercial fund that they invest into media businesses purely as a commercial not as part of their remit as s4c but as part of their remit of we need to return value and we need to you know try and lighten the burden on the on the taxpayer by making money you know from our from our activities and and they looked at what we were doing and invested uh so so it's a sort of mix of media savvy individuals and media savvy entities i suppose and do you have i mean so if i'm thinking well i've got a crazy i've got a crazy idea i've done yeah. some work on it i've shot a couple of things yeah with a comedy character or whatever yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, do you guys have a preconceived notion of where you want that to go to? So what I mean is, like, you know, you're an accelerator, but an accelerator towards what? So is <laughs> you know what I mean? So are you are yeah, you trying, no, to, are totally you trying to accelerate totally. me towards BBC Three or yeah. towards a uh, online um, sort of Fine Brothers kind of its its own thing online franchise? 
or are we looking to take this on the road or do you know what I mean like where are we going with it or well, don't okay, you know no, totally it's a very good point I mean I think you know there's a couple of things you know one is we you know our first criteria on anything we take forward is is there a brilliant character at the centre of it because I believe that the audience will follow a brilliant character between YouTube and mobile and television and publishing and live shows and you know mugs and t-shirts mm. you know not to put too fine a point on it right so so i think that you know for us we start not from the point of view of platform but from the point of view of the ip itself and um in terms of where that then goes i mean i think that the truth is that i mean the first thing to say is we're platform agnostic so if someone walked into us with a brilliant idea for a, a, a live show for example you know I want to take this brilliant thing to Edinburgh and blah 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 and we thought god it's brilliant yes we could absolutely get into that if someone walked in with us to us and said I've got a fantastic idea for a comic book which has happened and we liked it uh, we would pick that we could absolutely pick that up too um so we're not you know I think one of the challenges that media companies are facing at the moment whether or not they started off as book publishing companies or television publishing companies or radio publishing companies is that if you know as we all know the platforms are shifting around like crazy you know the internet is busy going mobile you know advertising on mobile is just starting to work so that means it's a place that people can make money other than just on phone bills as it were um, so, so platform shift is endemic and rapid and constant. So, if you've built your company around a platform, that is a problem. So, when we were planning our company, we very much did not put one platform at the centre of our thinking. We put the idea of the IP itself, the intellectual property itself, at the centre of our thinking, and then, you know, and then had a conversation about okay, well, which platform stroke platforms do we think this idea should debut on, and where do we think it could go from there? So that's not answering your question, but it's a sort of context, you know, for the for the world that we live in. You know, I think in terms of what you actually asked me, <laughs> um, you know, we there is no doubt that in the short term and I would have thought the medium term television is a big big buyer and a big big customer of anybody who is trying to make audiovisual content the problem that people have got selling to television is that television is under a lot is there is very little you know it's under a lot of pressure not much right to fail so what that means is that if you're commissioning in television today you sort of are under a lot of pressure to drive down the middle of the road and the edges are difficult because the edges aren't mass appeal and you need to be mass appeal so what we seek to do really is is break talent and take the risks that television finds it very very hard to take and to then you know therefore go to them with projects and ideas where you know we've taken the risk we've proven the idea we've proven the talent you know can do it uh, and can work in the way that that television needs talent to be able to work um, and so in one sense that hopefully what we're doing and, you know, and we're seeing it already, you know, we are, as it were, de-risking um, betting on new talent and emerging talent on, on television's behalf. So there is no doubt that some of what we do, you know, in our minds, you know, would be it would be great if where it ends up is television. I think in terms of, you know, the, me the medium and long term, however, 
there is no doubt that video on demand is getting bigger and bigger and more and more viable as a as a place to actually you know support yourself and make, and, and and sort of make revenues oh, and sure, uh, you know i'm sure. off to la tomorrow to a conference called stream where you know which is intended as a marketplace for original for digital originals so america is busy is three i would have thought three or maybe four years ahead of the uk in terms of that is an increasingly recognized viable robust ecosystem where more like the fine brothers you know uh, where people are creating brands that they roll out on video on demand, be that YouTube or Vimeo. I mean, Vimeo have just announced they're, a, you know, they're they're, in a, they're investing in a second season of a thing, for example, called High Maintenance about bike-born dope dealing in New York, pot dealing. You know, uh, it was an edgy comedy that mainstream television wouldn't have gone near, but which won Vimeo a huge audience. You know. And, you know, very crudely, eyeballs equals money, right? Because mm. advertisers are, you know, obviously very, very interested in the demographic that stopped watching television, you know. Yeah, for sure. Or never started, actually, probably. Which, these days. Started. Yeah, these yeah. days. So yeah. a lot of our, a lot of our um, you know, the listeners to the podcast, they're script writers themselves. Yeah. Uh, some of them are, I would say, like comedy sketch writers. They'd be totally on board with what you're saying. You know, they can build... You know, whole things around characters and so on, and some are people that are work, that are ideas based, like singular ideas. So they they've written like kind of interesting short films, you know, yeah. with a story and that kind of thing. Without being too crude about it, yeah, it's probably more the first that you're looking for than the second because what you're saying is that you kind of the sing your singular idea where you kind of explore a theme and then you conclude. Um, that doesn't give you that opportunity to build uh, uh, follow-up stuff. Is that is that essentially right? Yeah, that is essentially right. And I think that, um, I mean, I think it's very interesting. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, as you can imagine. I mean, I would absolutely get into a short film if that short film clearly pointed the way towards Play more. Yeah. 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 So in that sense, I'd, you know, but I mean, having said that, I mean, one of the first things we invested in was an idea from a 19 year old director called Drew Casson, uh, which was when we got into it originally just going to be, well, just that at the time it felt a huge thing to take on was going to be a web series, a sci fi horror web series. And anyway, we, we shot it last summer with him and a local crew of his mates and, you know, lo- local kids basically. And you know, to cut a very long story short, you know, we then got it into the cut and it was really good. So we instantly invested a second round into it. So we ended up spending, I don't know, 20, just north of 20 grand on it. And uh, and it premiered as a feature film at the NFT in May, uh, making Drew, in fact, the youngest director in history, in the history of the NFT to have a feature film screened there. So, so... I think that one of the things that is so thrilling about where we are today is that you can make your money go an incredibly long way. Um, so, obviously, you know, within a broadcast context, you can't make half an hour of drama for less than a quarter of a million quid. You know, in a digital context, you can make a feature film for 20 grand. So, you know, I think people should... I mean, obviously, there are some things we can't do. We can't do the Hindenburg... Well, actually, we probably could do the Hindenburg crashing into the Chinese army. Yeah, you actually. can do most things these days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so really, you know, really, I think that 
you know, what people should be thinking about is, does this idea, there's a couple of things, does this idea point to more? Is this intended as a pilot for something more? And, you know, you know, so for example, we made something with Michelle Gomez, the comedian Michelle Gomez, where she's uh, playing an incredibly um, politically incorrect agony aunt. And on, on YouTube, the format is, you know, she is sent video problems in by what appear to be members of the public, but of course are actors. Mm. And she then gives you a two or three minute answer to that problem. But we can really see how that would grow around that character to become, for example, a kind of super nanny style sort of home interventions show, yeah, which, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. which could support a kind of 20 minute, 22 minute episode. So yeah. for us, it's about, let's think about the best way of getting a character up on its feet and walking and talking and making people laugh. But let's also think about where this could go. And that isn't the same as saying, oh, we know Channel 4 are looking for, you know, comedies with dogs in them. I mean, they're not, but, mm. you know, oh, we know that. So let's now, let's go looking for that because that's just basically going to mean we're playing the same game as everybody else out there. You know, what we're doing is going, God, that's brilliant. That person is brilliant. That idea is great. At 10 grand, we can afford, you know, we've reduced risk to the point where we can take risk. Let's go for it. So, um, what, so what, that, what are people giving up, if you like? What's the, uh, so is, is, does it then become like a wild seed thing and yeah, you guys no, kind of own it? Like that's what yeah. will be on the back of people's minds that you guys are going to take their idea and maybe squeeze them out over time and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it's a completely valid concern, isn't it? I think, um, well, we tried to basically, the thing we heard, I mean, obviously we spoke to a lot of creators before we set Wild Seed up. And one of the things that we heard, the awful, tragic tale of, you know, the idea that gets optioned by a production company, you know, very exciting for the creator, really like feels like that thrilling moment where finally someone's noticed and then absolutely nothing happens. And the idea just slowly sort of withers away under option and uh, and then gets given back to the idea as sort of, you know, with all the life kind of drained away from it, you know. So we basically have tried, alongside sort of reinventing the model of commissioning, we've really also tried to reinvent the deal that we do uh, to sort of cater to the concerns and needs and opportunities of this of this generation of creative people. And so what we did is basically the, the, the standard TV deal is that you will be paid pretty well for your time. In fact, the standard deal really in, in publishing, but but particularly in television, is you will be paid pretty well for your time at the beginning, right? So you will be paid, you know, whatever, you know, 800 quid a week and all all good, right? Grand a week, whatever it is. And uh, But the problem will be that if it works, uh, you won't see much of that. So you won't see much of what we call the back end, right? Mm -hmm. So. So if you, you know, if you, in the days of DVD, right, when DVD took off, when a DVD took off, when plenty of people made plenty of money from DVD, the writer or the creator was on a sort of 5%, you know, adjusted this and da-da-da, right? So, you know, in television, those companies quite rightly said, well, we took the risk going in, right, because we paid you 800 quid a week when no one knew if this thing was going to go anywhere, and now it's worked, we get to reap the reward, you know, and that's... You know, and we think that's fair enough," said television. You know, 
So what we've done is tried to flip that on its head completely. So we pay our writers, our creators, absolutely, well, I was about to swear there, but <laughs> very, very little going at the beginning. Like, ideally, nothing at all. So the budget, when you say, you know, you've got up to uh, £10,000 to invest, that's that's for on-screen yeah. cool stuff, yeah. not, not for my back pocket. Exactly. So okay. we will uh, we will pay people, but the most we'll pay them is two hundred and fifty quid a week, and the most we'll pay them for is two is ten weeks. So the most you'll ever make up front, but and that is really about if there is no other way for you to do this project because otherwise you're going to have to go and work in Tesco or wherever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we will pay you what we consider to be. I mean, it's an insulting amount of money, right? And we absolutely don't present it as what you're worth in the market. Yeah. We present that as this is hopefully enough to keep your nose above water while you're doing this with us, you know. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, we will cut you into a really, 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 really good chunk of the back end if it works like an unheard of chunk of the back end mm. so the so that is, and 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 in terms of the rights uh which obviously is another thing people are quite rightly savvy about um i mean there's a couple of things we we will if you don't have an agent to help you sort of figure out what our deal is and isn't we will pay for you to spend a couple of hours with an independent media lawyer talking you through our deal um, because we absolutely do not want to be music industry mark two, where all these young, slightly naive people signed deals they didn't understand and then felt horribly abused afterwards, right? So we absolutely are very committed to everyone understanding what they're getting into with us. And what they're getting into with us is basically, imagine you brought me, and this is the example we use, imagine you brought me the character of James Bond, right? And we said, oh, that's a good character. Right, okay. I mean, and, and you know, and you own that character and all the rest of it. But for the, just for the sake of illustration. So you come through the door with a character called James Bond and you, you pitch that to us. And we say, yeah, 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 that is fantastic, Tim. Let's, let's take that forward. We would then make Skyfall with our 10 grand. Uh, and you would retain the rights in the underlying rights in the character called James Bond. We would own the media product called Skyfall if we continued to make things or pay you uh, 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 significantly we our right to continue to exclusively work with that character would automatically renew uh, if we stopped doing either of those things like significantly commissioning you or significantly remunerating you you would automatically get the rights back so what that means is that we um we basically we are trying to create a deal whereby we it is impossible for us to squat on 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 creators rights and not exploit and not pursue them yeah i get what you mean it's really a sort of a partnership that you're trying to develop yeah, is right really so there you go thing. so that partnership thing is really interesting because of course the way the deal the way the money works is you know the 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 money we put in has to get paid back first right so that recoups in first position so let's say we spent 5 grand it makes 5 grand that all goes back into the production pot so we can enable more people and after that we're on this much 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 fairer more generous split of the profits well what that means is that we're in a we look we're looking for entrepreneurial partnerships with creators where we're all in it together so we say, look, we'll bring our money and our expertise you br and our time. 
you can bring your idea, your expertise, and your time, and together we will try to create something fantastic. Let's um, uh, let's say I like the sound of that, and uh, I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking I've got a couple of things that uh, are quite well developed. I'd like to send it in. Yeah. What what sort of level uh, of work are you looking for? And I don't almost mean the um, like the most generous n- version of that. I mean the most realistic version. So based, well, we have based a, on what yeah. based on what you've picked up so far, like it, it's probably more than just an idea on the page, is it? Is there some stuff well, to look at I and mean, show? Well, I, yeah, I mean, hmm. I mean, it's interesting. You know, someone once said to me, handed me a piece of work, and said, "Sorry, it's so long. I didn't have time to do it shorter." Yeah. You know, so actually, I mean, we've got a form uh, on our website, um, www.worldseedstudios.com. Um, and on that form, there's a very standard set of questions, which are, and simple, which is, you know, sum up the core idea, tell us about your central character, is there anything else, you know, tell us about you as a creator, is there anything else we should know? And that's it. So the first, and, and, and people often put links into scripts and links, sometimes little tests that they've made or mm. whatever. But the truth is that for me, if I get a really clever little idea with a really great character at its center and the writer has done absolutely nothing else, I am just as likely, to be honest, to get back in touch with that person and start a conversation than I am if I get that application with links to, you know, a thousand pages of text and hours of video, you know. So it's not really about how much of it you've done already. I mean, obviously, it reassures me if people have done some stuff already because it makes me think, okay, this is the... But really, from the point of view of this is the sort of entrepreneurial creator I seek, the self-starting, you know, the self-starting creator who's passionate enough about what they do to actually go out and do it. But not really so much about. I mean, some ideas you look at, and you, you know. I mean, we get a lot of ideas of you know, this is a this is a this is a sitcom set in a flat about twenty somethings after university who are a bit lost. Yeah, yeah. And you go, okay, well, I, you know, I get that that could be brilliant, but there is nothing really that is going to tell me that other than the script. Other ideas you get from, let's say, a comedian saying, you know, this is the character, this is the situation, this is, you know, what the sorts of things I think we'd see them doing first. And you kind of think, yeah, okay, got it. You know, so it's not so much about you've got to have written the Bible in order to be in through the door. It's much more about what is the idea? Is there enough here already for me to be able to form a view on whether or not this thing is of interest or not? Um, or or, Or is it all going to be about the script? Because the idea itself is... You know, not generic, but so I mean to be again, like you know, you shied a little bit away from the word franchise, and I'm a little bit shy to use um, this word as well. But in a way, you're looking for slightly higher concept ideas because there's those high concept ideas that can transcend different media. Well, I think we are looking. Well, that is, I mean, it's (laughs) it's 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 tricky to answer that. I think because actually, what I find often about high concept ideas is that all the characters are just the slave to the idea, Hmm. and you know, you find my 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 most frequent criticism of very high concept ideas is that 
it all feels like the story's happening to the character rather than the story is kind of coming through the character and we are i can't overstate how obsessed we are about central characters and you know we just basically the first question we ask is do i believe that this is a character that the audience either wants to be or be with that's and if a my good answer, summary that's a good and summary. if the answer to that question is no we pass sometimes i get a high concept idea and i think this writer is much more interested in this clever idea than they are in the character at the center of it and and it's not there's anything wrong with that it's just not what we're interested in in doing you know um just to sort of time's running away already um, yeah but just to ask about um kind of co co-productions and that kind of thing is it really something where you guys want to because you've got that unique proposition and deal it's more something where you you know you, you and the creator you want to be developing it to, to together or are you open for co-production type stuff where someone's got a bit of money already from yeah we're open to that England yeah, we or are. Something like yeah that. we are yeah we haven't done it yet i have to say but in theory we're open to it absolutely i think what we're not so open to is someone you know, approaching us like a completion fund. Yeah, so if someone comes to us and says, oh, you know, we just need a bit more money to get this over the line, or we just need a bit more money to finish the post, post-production, post or we need a bit more money to do the marketing on the release, and we'll cut you into a bit of it. On the- mm-hmm. That is not really what our, our business is creating new IP brands that we can then help creators exploit. So if essentially that's something they've already done and they just need a bit of help finishing it or putting it out there, that's not what we're doing. If someone comes to us and says, hey, look, we've got this idea, we've got 10 grand, we need 20, are you up for a discussion? Then we're absolutely up for that discussion. Let's talk about something else that's in a lot of people's minds. I know it is, the listeners, and they'll be wanting me to ask about it, which is features. So yep. do you get involved in, in features at all if you could see it being as part of something that could grow? So not just a one-off yeah, feature. Yeah, we did. I mean, this thing we just made with this 19-year-old uh, turned into a feature film, as I was saying earlier. Yeah. And um, we would be absolutely interested in I think there's a really interesting opportunity for British genre fiction. I absolutely do. I'm not so interested in drama. Uh, where we're, I mean, I should say that we look at adult comedy, character comedy, adult animation ideas, and genre fiction, and yeah. kids six to eleven. Yeah. So we're not interested in the more kind of classic Ken Luchian, yeah. you know, social realist. Sundance in the angst, that kind of stuff. That not we're really... not so interested no, in, and I enough. think, you know, and I think that, you know, I mean, I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I was saying, you know, I was at Annecy last year, and. You know, the, 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 the lights go down and the screen comes alive and it's a black and white farmhouse somewhere in Belgium with a child crying and you think, oh, God, yeah, right, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the next one and then the lights go down and the next one starts. It's a broken doll in the corner of a room with yeah. a child crying somewhere and you're like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that there is, I think creators, and this is sort of, for some people, maybe not the easiest thing to hear, really. But I think that you have to ask yourself as a creator whether or not what you're doing is an act of communication or an act of self-expression. Yeah. And and I think that for us, you know, an act of community... And there's nothing... And by the way, there's no value judgment attached to those two things. But a, an act of self-expression is just... It's inside me. It has to come out. It's extremely authentic. Here it is. Mm. And that's completely fine. And, and and film festivals around the world, particularly short film festivals, are full of that stuff, you know. On the other hand, 
I think an act of communication is I want to create something I want it to land there i.e. with those people and I want them and I want it to have that effect on them I want it i.e. I want them I want them to piss their pants laughing I want them to do something else in their pants because they're so frightened I want them you know whatever you want right but but you set out with the idea that the thing you're doing is going to land somewhere and create a particular effect for that person or that audience and so I think for us when we get those ideas that are clearly just it's in there it has to come out acts of self-expression that is for us a lot less interesting than people who maybe have got that out of their system and are moving forward to oh i really want this to live over there with those people you know uh, uh no i think that's good i mean uh, i think you you really fill in the hole in the market for people that are finding that they don't have a home or yeah. not such much so much of a welcome home at places like the BFI and yeah. also perhaps they can't get their foot in the door because they're not a name yeah. at uh, the main broadcasters me, and the I production mean, companies that feed them of course. But, but of course the irony of all this is the BFI were nothing other than completely delighted and absolutely you know delightful to have Drew's film on right? But oh, the of course problem yeah is, once it's done. You know exactly <laughs> but the problem is of course that the industry itself just isn't really currently configured to unlock Drew you know yeah but quite the reverse the industry is configured to bury drew in a in a production company for 20 years yeah you know yeah. by which point he's probably turned into you know another another british director making another you know blah 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 so so well, you know we're really trying to unlock and liberate the, the the stars of the future to to find their voices rather than fit you know into a narrowing definition of what the industry wants you know Jesse, I mean, tell, the, Jesse, tell us again then. If I'm if I'm thinking about, um, I I, I want to be part of this. Yeah. What do people uh, have to do? How do they get in touch? How do they? Yeah, great. How do so they get very, very, to you? That's, yeah, that's what we need to know. It's very simple. You go to our website www.wildseedstudios.com, um, and uh, you go to the submissions page. And basically, you create yourself a little profile there, which is basically where all your ideas and the communication around your ideas will live. And uh, you fill in a standard form that we've got on there. It's very short, very simple, and you send it in. And we take about, my well, yeah, someone out there will say, well, you took eight weeks to reply to my idea, and they'd be right. We are mm -hmm. trying to deal with everything within six weeks and to give personal feedback. Uh, we are still quite young and quite small, and as a result, sometimes I'm sorry to say that does slip slightly. Um, but there's, and, no, there's uh, no deadline; it's just continuous. No, it's a rolling so commission. Uh, we, we plan on doing this, you know, forever, as it were. You know, we really want to turn this into a kind of commissioning and production permaculture. You know, we want that's why projects have to pay them pay themselves back first, so that we can give someone else a chance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no plan. There's no plans to stop, and quite the reverse, you know. And then the other thing I'd say just before we go, which I think your listeners might be interested in, is we also run <coughs> events uh, for writers uh, where we offer up training and expertise as cheaply as we possibly can, sometimes even free. And um, we've got one coming up on the 21st of June uh, at the Conway Hall from 9:30, where a script writing. Uh, character guru, I, I don't overstate that, I don't think, called Laurie Hutzler, uh, is going to do a whole day on, on a character development system she's developed called the nine character types, 
we found it brilliant, brilliant, brilliant in all our work. We we use it all the time, uh, and we're putting it on at six quid for the whole day. So if anyone out there oh, fancies it, it's yeah. 21st of June, Conway Hall, 9.30, Laurie Hutzler, and I have to say, I cannot recommend what she does highly enough. It is stunning work. So we would love to see as many of your guys there as we can. Yeah, that's a good price. That's the sort of prices we like as well. Yeah, you? isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a good. That's a good shout. Yeah. Um, okay, that's brilliant. Thanks for your thanks for your time in that, and uh, you know, I like the shout out about characters and keeping the focus on that being at the at the centre of it. And I think that you you're kind of rapidly getting known as as a, as a home for perhaps ideas that don't have a home elsewhere in the in in the uk business so i think that, yeah that's, well that's you know fantastic. i hope so i mean i will say this we are creator driven but you know creator driven we are art house we are not so you know we are a home for people who want to entertain and engage audiences for sure as ever thanks for listening to the podcast we always appreciate it uh, don't forget check out nelsonnutmeg.com Keep those emails coming in to ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com and uh, we'll see you on Twitter and Facebook and wherever. You can find us always there as UK Scriptwriters. Okay, so it'll be me and and Danny back next time with another great interview. So uh, see you then.